Hey everyone, welcome back to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. And today we are going to be talking about the next week of the playoffs. And this past weekend's, it was an exciting one at times. There were some really boring times too. But Indeed. we'll get into that. It seems and like some really sad times. Oh yeah, some really sad. Man, there's just a mix of emotions. If you're an NFL fan, it was like a mix of emotions this weekend, especially if you were a fan of these teams. But welcome to the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get into it. Chelsea, what do you got for us today to start us off? Well, let's talk about Mr. Patrick Mahomes and his injury, right? Which... Not a great look for the Chiefs. You kind of need, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL playing in the AFC Championship. That's kind of important. But Patrick Mahomes sustains an injury, doesn't return to this game. And Mr. Chad Henney leads the Chiefs to the AFC Championship. So the Chiefs look good in the first half. They went into the locker room winning 19-3. to Mahomes, he ran a touchdown in for a score, and he threw one to Kelsey, and there were two Butker field goals. So, I mean, the Chiefs are feeling pretty good going into the locker room in the first half after it ended. Because, I mean, you drop 19 in the first half, you're probably going to drop about the same amount in the second half, and that's probably going to be at least 30 points. And if you score at least 30, you usually win games in this league, you know, unless you're just playing Aaron Rodgers or something. But... The biggest moment of the first half, in my opinion, was when the Browns got cheated out of their epic throw on the one-yard line that should have been a touchdown the following play. Because let's be honest, if it had actually not been called a fumble through the end zone, they would have been on the one, and they would have run Nick Chubb, and he would have scored. So, I mean, they probably would have scored a touchdown if that call hadn't gone the way it had. But Mr. Rashard Higgins... Caught Baker Mayfield's pass and fumbled out of the end of the end zone. And so the Chiefs got the ball because that's a dumb rule, but it's a rule. So the Chiefs got the ball. And the whole NFL fan base, Twitter, everything was just going off about this play. Not because the play and the rule was stupid, but because of something the refs missed. The refs missed a hit to the head on Higgins and a flag should have been thrown. And it should have been down at the one because it happened before the ball fumbled out of the end of the end zone. But it wasn't called. And that's just a really bad officiating mistake. But if the Browns had scored, it would have been 10-19 going into the second half. And if you're a Browns fan, you're looking at that and you're going, okay, I feel pretty good about this. I'm only down only a little bit more than a touchdown, right? So, I mean, you're feeling pretty good about that. But second half starts. The Browns start to get back into the game, scoring a touchdown off a missed Butker field goal, which is really weird because Butker is one of the best kickers in the league right now, and he usually doesn't miss, especially at home, but he did. So they kind of lucked out there, but they managed to score a touchdown, and it ended up being 10-19. to So they're only down nine now. So Browns fans, you know, they have that tiny glimmer of hope that they continuously have held on to for years and years and years of them being bad, right? On Kansas City's second drive of the second half, Mahomes gets knocked out of the game due to a blow to his head and neck area. He did not return, and Chad Henney entered the game as the new starter. Now, I will say post-game, I saw some interviews and some quotes about this injury, and apparently it wasn't a concussion. It was some kind of like neck nerve that got hit weird, and he was out of it because that happened. So people don't think that it was a concussion, But he's still going to have to pass concussion protocols, I believe, to be able to play in this game. So let's hope that prayers are up for Patrick Mahomes. Because you never like to see a player get hurt, right? Especially someone that everyone loves. You you hate to see that. But he didn't return. And Mr. Chad Henney, the person I dealt with being on the Jags for a few years, which wasn't saying much because they were the Jags. But he came into this game as a new starter. He and running back Daryl Williams led the Chiefs into field goal range and Butker converted. The score was now 22 to 10. So Mahomes is out, but you have a sizable lead and the Browns are going to have to go 75 yards down the field. So you're feeling pretty good, but they do. They go down the field. 
and Kareem Hunt scores. It's now 17 to 22. Chiefs fans are getting real nervous at this point. Real nervous. But Tyreek Hill then proceeds to make the craziest catch of the game from Chad Henney in their following drive. He like turns over, is on the ground, and like pins the ball against his leg as he's rolling, and somehow it doesn't touch the ground, and somehow it's a catch. And I watched that, and I was just like, what? This is crazy. But, yeah, crazy. He caught it. So Kelsey ended up having a big catch too, and not long after, you think, oh, they're going down the field. They're going to score a touchdown. This game's going to be over. No, no. Chad Henney had something else to say about that. He throws an absolutely horrible, horrible pass. He floats this thing like five yards past his receiver, right into the arms of Carl Joseph, who was wide open in the end zone. He was more wide open than his receiver was. Which, like, I watched the highlight of him throw that ball, and it didn't look like it got tipped or anything. It didn't really look like he was under pressure at all. Like, am I just mistaken? Did I miss that? Or I think he just literally whiffed the throw. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It was bad. It was a bad throw. And I saw it, and I was like, no, Chad, no. But he threw that. Carl Joseph, you know, defense is having a party in front of the party cam. But ultimately, it ends up not being enough. The Browns punt on their final drive, and the Chiefs get the ball, and Henny leads them down the field, making plays such as an epic 13-yard scramble through traffic. And then Andy Reid calls the play that no one thought they would call. Baker Mayfield Mm -hmm. thinks he's going to get the ball back. It's fourth and one. I think they were on their own side of the field, weren't they? Like, I don't think that... they were. I think they were in the mid, going more towards... Cleveland from what I remember they were on midfield even still it's not like they were on like the they weren't in scoring line. range they yeah, couldn't no the so it's still there, a big so. play because I mean you don't get this fourth down they get the ball and they have like a minute left at midfield and Baker Mayfield has like, you know the capacity to get them down the field mm-hmm. but Andy Reid calls this play he calls a throwing play and we see Chad Henney snap the ball and float it over the D-line right into the wide open arms of Tyree Kill about a yard before the marker and he runs it for like four yards and that's the game. Final score 22 to 17. Tyree Kill is the hero. Chad Henney makes up for his horrible interception by converting on fourth down and the Chiefs advance to the AFC championship. So uh, that was okay. Yeah, I I think like when yeah when Henny threw it, Tyreek ca- catches it, sits he sits down inbounds. I think yeah something that was really interesting just to kind of think on if that play doesn't work, everyone's praising Andy Reid this week. Let me tell you, if that play did not work and they lost that game, man, people would be ripping him a new one. It's really well, funny I mean, how fans are in the NFL. I mean, you're talking to a Colts fan, right? Frank Reich called a play on fourth down on what the two yard line against the bills. Cause he was trying to score and Phillip rivers just overthrew it. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Pittman was wide open. If Pittman had a caught, would have caught that ball and the Colts would have scored. Everyone would have praised Frank Reich, right? Because it mm-hmm. worked, but since it didn't work, everyone tore into him. It's just a mm-hmm. double standard. So, I mean, I understand if they hadn't made that play, fans would have done the exact same thing to Andy Reed that they did to Frank Reich. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, and it was a gutsy and it ended up being a good call by Andy Reid. I mean, the Browns weren't was expecting, expecting it. No, no one, no, not many coaches have the guts to do that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it was me, it. I'd probably just punt the ball to the five and make them go 95 yards down the field. But mm-hmm. Andy Reid said, not today. This game is over and I'm out of here. He said, I'm out of here. And I, I will say, and I think that's an interesting point. Like if they punt the ball, you know, the Chiefs have one of the best two-minute defenses they were talking about in the NFL of holding yeah. teams at the end of games. So you know, maybe they, you know, I, I'm not saying he didn't trust his defense. I don't think it was that. I think he was just like, hey, let's go for the win here. And if and they, they get the ball back, it's not the worst it could be because they still got to go get a touchdown. So mm-hmm. I can't blame them. And it was like, what, fourth and an inch? Like it was, yeah, it was, it was not that much. And no one thought that they'd go for it because they were at midfield. So, I mean, you don't get it. 
you give Baker Mayfield the ball back with Jarvis Landry and Higgins and Chubb and Hunt and their three tight ends and their, you know, top five O-line, like, you know, there's a good chance they're going to go down the field and score and tie this game or even get the lead. Andy Reid said, Mm-mm-mm, not today. This game's over. I, I mean, I respect the decision. He wanted to go win and he did it. And Tyreek Hill, what better person to throw to than Tyreek Hill? So, yep. um, but shout out to Baker Mayfield playing really well in this game. Indeed. Big underdog came in and in my opinion played excellent. Yeah. I mean, he had one bad throw that led to a pick in like the only bad throw that I can really remember that didn't even end up costing them anything because Butker missed it. Fun fact, mm-hmm. apparently he leads the league and missed extra points. And that kick was from extra. Yeah. He's really not, he has not been good at extra miss at making extra points this year he's normally a good kicker but he's just shanked a lot of he's just missed a lot of extra points this year um he was good on the panthers for like the two days they had him or whatever but (laughs) better than not having him right i think overall he so like even that pick it didn't end up costing them as much as it could have but i mean Honestly, Baker, in, in my opinion, was playing really well. There was just some things that happened, like like that helmet to helmet at the goal line that messed up the Browns. But hey, I mean, that yeah, the whole thing with fumbling into the goal, like nobody likes it, and also Did that a lot of even people get put into place. I don't even know. Like I can't I, remember. I don't know exactly, but. What I do think is they also, okay, and a lot of people are saying, well, it was a helmet to helmet. Like, and in a lot of ways, they're not wrong. Like, it was an, an illegal move caused a legal fumble. So the problem I have with that is, okay, now everyone says they can't go back and review helmet to helmet. They can't do that. I think when it comes to reviewing penalties, I don't know what you think about this, but this is just an idea that they could throw out. I think what they should be able to do is if the play is reviewable, like by today's standards, if the play is reviewable, then they can go back and look for a penalty, like a helmet to helmet. They can't just go back to review because they think there was a penalty there. In case, But if there's like a turnover or something or something like that, where it's a helmet to helmet that causes the fumble, shouldn't it? And obviously the refs can see and everyone knows that it was an illegal play and it's already being reviewed should they be able to go back and review it? I'm not saying we need to go back to reviewing pass interference because that just really didn't work. Referees hated it and it rarely ever got overturned anyways. So I'm not saying we go back to that, but what if we took already reviewable plays and then allowed referees to go and look at penalties on those plays only? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting thought for sure. I think there's a very fine line with reviewing penalties because as we've we've seen if you can review a penalty everyone's going to do it and then games are going to last four hours but I think with the head-to-head penalties it may not be a bad idea to make those reviewable because Mm -hmm. a lot of pass interference calls and a lot of holding calls like those are obvious you know it's rare when it's not obvious. Like usually it's obvious one way or another, but with head to head that can get players ejected that can get players into the red zone, get teams into the end, into the red zone, etc. So, I mean, I think with head to head, there's an argument to be made that you should be able to review those because, you know, I'm going to give an example and this is from college football, but in the game where Clemson played Ohio state and their linebacker, James Skalski, got ejected for his head-to-head his head-to-head penalty he couldn't stop his momentum Justin Fields spun into his helmet and his helmet hit him so they called it a head-to-head penalty but the thing is it only was because he spun like if he had just been going forward it wouldn't have been so how can you penalize a player because they weren't able to stop their legal momentum Like, I think that's stupid. So I think that you could make an argument to review head-to-head in the NFL because I think a lot of them are close. Like, some of them are obvious. Like, if you lead with the crown into someone else's helmet, like, okay, that's obvious. But, I mean, if you, like, lead and, like, hit their neck, 
right below their helmet, but don't hit their helmet, but it ends up kind of moving their helmet, like that's going to get called. Should it? You know, I don't know. But I think that there's definitely an argument for it. And, you know, back to Baker Mayfield, I mean, he did have a good game. It wasn't his best game, let's be honest. I mean, he was 23 of 37 for 204 yards, a touchdown and a pick. So, I mean, it's not like he went out there and threw three touchdowns and no interceptions, but he played well enough to arguably win this game. Mm-hmm. And they I honestly agree. probably should have. I but I mean, that. it's not like his numbers in this game were spectacular. I mean, he only had one touchdown and barely 200 yards. So, I mean, he wasn't spectacular in this game, but he definitely played well enough to give them a chance to get to the AFC championship and they just weren't able to do it. And that's just what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. He, he may not have had his best game of his career, but I just feel like in some clutch moments, he played really well, made some nice throws, his receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. David Njoku was playing really well. Jarvis yeah. um, Higgins, their whole receiving core was playing well. Um, Imagine believe- when they get Odell back. Um, I believe it's Austin Hooper as their other tight end. Yes. And he had an incredible catch to save their season, basically, at that point in time. They also have Harrison Bryant, their rookie tight end, who they drafted in this last year's draft. And so, honestly, I think overall, like, there, if you're a Browns fan, there is nothing to be ashamed about with this game. There mm-hmm. were definitely some moments that could have been cleaned up, but you know, you're going against the defending Super Bowl champs, and I know they lost their quarterback over halfway through the game, but I still think they're still the defending Super Bowl champs with a defending no. Super Bowl champ yeah. coach, you know, and Absolutely. you're going to their place. So in my opinion, this is nothing to hang your heads on for the Browns. But Absolutely. You know, if you're a Chiefs I, fan. I think it's a good point. I think if you're a Chiefs fan, though, like, you know, I wouldn't be too worried. You did you did well enough to win. Your backup made some clutch plays at the end. He had really one really bad throw, but he had clutch plays at the end that won them the game. So can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, and something I didn't even talk about, you know, Mr. Miles Garrett sustained an injury during this game, too. Mm-hmm. And he only played a set amount of plays. Mm-hmm. You know, once he got injured and one of the plays on one of the last Chiefs drives, he got a sack. So, I mean, their most injured player came in and was still making plays. So it's not like the Browns weren't fighting for this game. They were, they were fighting for this game. These definitely are not the same old Browns. All those people that are like, ha ha, Browns won, same old Browns, uh, a.k.a. all of the Steelers receivers. No, this this is not the same Browns team. This team is legit. And if they get a couple of a couple more pieces on defense, and if Baker Mayfield plays consistently from now on, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders for the next few years if they can pull it all together. They have a good coaching staff. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. They can just go out and make a big splash signing in free agency or get someone really good in the first couple rounds of the draft. This team has the pieces to be able to get really far in the playoffs. They just ran into Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and just couldn't overcome it, which really isn't, you know, being hateful towards them because most teams in the NFL can't overcome it. So, I mean, it's not like it's just a Browns team, but no, this, these Browns are legit and they're going to be good next year. The Steelers and the Ravens, they better watch out because this Browns team is for real and they're going to be back with a vengeance for sure. I think if they can, you know, build up that, that defense to be elite, they could be re- really a problem. But I agree. Moving on to our next topic, we have that was good job, Chelsea. Great topic, as Thanks. always. Our next topic we got here is well, we had this Saints and Bucks play, and we're gonna, we're probably seeing Drew Brees play his last game as, in a Saints uniform and in the NFL in general. Bad. He, I mean, I I think everyone kind of figured that, like, especially when he's walking into the tunnel and he looks back at, at the scoreboard or looks back to the stadium and, you know, he, that's, that's his kind of last glance. He didn't have a good game. His send out game wasn't, wasn't great. He threw three picks. He didn't look good and he lost to Tom Brady and Brady, and you know, he played he, in front of no fans. How sad. I think Brady looked 
looked good in this game at times. He he looked good enough. Like he's he's I think he's actually he's gotten better as the year has gone on. But for Breeze, this is gonna I'm gonna imagine his last game. And so I think the thing I think about is if we take the career of Drew Brees from 2010 to 2020, you know, we of course Drew Brees has a Super Bowl ring before the 2010s. But I would uh, like to, you know, yeah, sorry, Chelsea, yeah, but, you know. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so I think that, I think something interesting to think about is, you know, did the Saints, do you think they provided the talent for him throughout the 2010s to win? Obviously, we know in the past couple of years that they did. But, you know, we talk about like, playoff chokes or people who don't get things done in the playoffs right we talk about atlanta choking several times we talk about the bills losing four straight super bowls back back years ago and we talk about just all these different things but you know are the saints gonna kind of be remembered as that because yeah or at least through the 2010s you know they did win a super bowl before then but if we're talking about this past decade you know, are the Saints going to be looked at as that? I mean, they had three straight years of going seven and nine. I believe four years of seven and nine in the 2010s. And the rest of the times they didn't make the Super Bowl. And a lot of those times, like they were, or some of those times they were even favorites to make it. I believe um, by betting, by betting line, they were the favorites to make it this year. I, that's what I had heard. I don't know about that. I feel like, I don't know why. I, I don't personally know why, because I thought the Packers were the best team in the NFC this year. But I just I just wonder, you know, did the Saints, you know, the problem was like Drew Brees used to be able to throw for like 300, 400 yards, three touchdowns. You couldn't sack him. You couldn't do anything. But man, the defense would just not stop anybody. Um, there was a game back when the Panthers were, went 15 and one and they were on their way to that. And my goodness, this game was a it was a heck of a game. Like it was incredible, but man, the saints defense could not stop the Panthers. It ended up being like a 40 something, 40 something game with the Panthers winning. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, breeze used to get in those types of games. I think it was not too long ago. Also when the saints versus the giants ended up like in the fifties in overtime. So it just kind of shows you, they really took a long time to hit on their defense. They finally got a good draft with some defensive players like Marshawn Lattimore and they got some others. And then they also got Kamara that, that draft and they really hit on that draft and that's what set them up as of recently. But that was kind of towards the latter end where Breeze wasn't looking quite the same. So I'm not sitting here and saying that the saints were bad through the 2010s. That's ridiculous. And I mean, they were good six out of the 10 years. That's not too bad. That's over 50%. And I just wonder if that's something people will think about when they think of this Saints era. Yeah, I mean, his one Super Bowl ring came against the Colts, you know, so I'm always going to credit Drew Brees for that game because Drew Brees played really well in that game. And we all know that Peyton Manning got intercepted and got run back, blah, 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 blah. You know, then we lost. But, I mean, that was a really good game from Drew Brees. I think that if we're going to talk about the Saints, quote-unquote, wasting Drew Brees' career, um, let's be honest. I mean, the Saints in the early 2010s, you know, they were mediocre. I mean, even if they had a winning record, you know, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. And Drew Brees, you know, he deserves so much more than that. Drew Brees is arguably the third best quarterback of all time. He deserves more than one Super Bowl ring. And even though he beat my Colts in that Super Bowl, I really like him. I mean, he played for Purdue, which is a school in Indiana that I was always around as a kid. And he is a great guy. He's a great player. But I think that you have a point. The Saints didn't really pull it all together until about three years ago. And three years ago was when the tail end of Drew Brees' career started happening. 
It's when he started declining a little bit. That's just how it is. You get a little bit older and you just don't have the same capacity to perform like you did. That's just how it goes. Unless you're Tom Brady, apparently, and then you're unstoppable when you're over 40. But that's just how it is. And I think that Saints fans have a legitimate reason to be unhappy with their organization. Because before three years ago, you know, Drew Brees would, like you said, he'd go out, drop four touchdowns, no picks, 350 yards all by himself. That's crazy. And people expect Drew Brees to be able to do that this year when he's older. He fractured 11 ribs. He probably isn't even as healthy as he's letting on. And people expect him to go out and drop those same numbers. That's just not going to happen. It's just not like he's one of the best quarterbacks ever, but he just doesn't have the capacity to carry alone anymore. And that was evident in this game. I mean, look at Kamara in this game. He didn't have a good game. Look at Michael Thomas. I don't even think Michael Thomas had a catch in this game. Their tight end, he didn't really have that great of a game either. I just, you see, I picked the Saints to win this game because I thought that their defense was going to be good enough to stop Tom Brady. And I was wrong. It just wasn't. And their defense not being able to stop anyone is the moral of the story of the 2010s for Drew Brees. People who are going to say that the Saints wasted Drew Brees' career, I can see where you're coming from. But when I think of a career being wasted, I think of a player, you know, who was supposed to be really good playing really bad, right? If you're going to talk about Drew Brees' career being wasted, it was the best wasted career ever. I mean, he's arguably the third best ever on a not-that-good team for half of his playing years. So, I mean, if you're going to talk about being wasted, it's like the best wasted career ever in, like, the last decade because he was still really good but I just feel for the guy honestly he deserved so much more and he deserved a better team and he deserved more wins because that's just the kind of guy he is but ultimately that's not what happened he played his final game against Tom Brady how fitting against zero fans COVID and he just didn't play well and people Some people are dragging him and some people are not tolerating any Breeze slander because if you're going to blame anyone for this game, it's not going to be Drew Breeze. Yes, he threw three interceptions, but Kamara didn't play well. Michael Thomas didn't even have a catch. They had a punt return touchdown that was taken back because of a penalty in this game. So, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. I just wish that this hadn't been... Drew Brees' last game because he was one of my favorite players to watch in all the NFL. Even though he plays for a team I don't particularly like, and even though he beat me in the Super Bowl, he was still he's a fan favorite. The whole NFL mourned his career after that game. And I don't know if you saw Chris, but did you see that both Brees and Brady went back out on the field a couple hours after the game was over? And Brees' wife was out there and his four kids and, you know, Drew Brees came out and they were talking because they're obvious friends. I mean, they've only known each other for how long now? I mean, they're pretty good friends. And Drew Brees, you know, was playing with his kids and Tom Brady threw a touchdown to his son in the end zone. And it's like, these, these people, they're just regular people. Like, Drew Brees is retiring and Tom Brady's the best ever. But like, in that moment, it was just really nice to see that They're just regular people. They were just out there having a chat, hanging out as friends. Like, it was just cool to see. And I really liked that Tom Brady did that. I mean, you know me. I'm not a big Tom Brady fan, but I respected a lot. Respected him a lot that he went out and did that. I just feel for Drew Brees. And I think that that game was the end of an era for the Saints. And I don't think that the Saints are going to be the same for a while. I think the... Yeah, and... You know, here here's the thing. Somebody somebody may say, "Well, Chris, you like the Panthers, so of course you don't like the Saints." Of course, I don't like the Saints. It's like asking a, I don't know, like a Bills fan, do they like the Patriots? No, but yeah, I mean, I don't like the Saints. <laughs> but here's the thing: I'm not I'm not taking that into account. Like I, I'm, I, I like Drew Brees as a person, and I think he's an incredible player. He's had an incredible career. I'm. Am I happy to not have to deal with him anymore? Yeah. Like, and I think I speak for, you know, most of the NFC South fans saying that 
we're happy we don't have to deal with him anymore. Yeah, like he had a really great career. And there's a part, maybe there's even this little part that like we'll miss him a little, but also there's this part that's like, well, we don't have to deal with him anymore. So that's nice. But I think overall, um, you know, I'm not sitting here and bashing him by saying this. I think that I'm just talking about the Saints building up the team around him to do it i think they had that this year and i think that what saints fans were really hoping for was that denver broncos peyton manning team that won the won the super bowl and i think the i just i don't think the saints defense was just as good as the denver defense that defense was just something different it's one of the best to ever do carried peyton manning exactly and i mean colts fans still claim is theirs by the way there's only one statue of Peyton Manning and it's outside Lucas oil. So Broncos fans can fight me. Oh man. But I think overall it's just, it's just a thought to have. I don't think overall, like obviously winning a Super Bowl is difficult and I'm not sitting here and going to judge his career off of how many Super Bowls he has, because I think that's a really hard thing to do because Super Bowls just take so much to come together at the same time. Why do you think the Chiefs are as good as they are? It's because everything is coming together at the same time and they're well run. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Most of the time, it's one thing comes together at one point and then another thing comes later. And by that point, you know, the two don't always mix. That's why one team normally makes it and two only make it to the Super Bowl or one team wins it to make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm yeah, just I saying mean, sometimes you even luck out and get a really, 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 really good offense for defense mm-hmm. and a mediocre defense and your offense is just good enough. Cause that's what happened when the Colts beat the bears. Our defense was honestly not that good. It just wasn't our O-line wasn't that good, but Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and everyone else we had were just so good that they couldn't be beat. I mean, sometimes you just luck out and you get really, really good and it just compensates, but usually it's not that way. Yeah. So I think with, for the saints, it's just a shame for them that they never had the two gel together during the 2010s at the same time, but overall still really good years for the saints at times. I mean, they were not, but one, one play away from a Super Bowl, some would argue. Yep. And yes, I'll agree. It was a terrible call. Um, but yeah. So uh, anyways, but for our next topic, Chelsea, what do you got for us? All right. Well, let's talk about that Bills game. Big headline from this game was obviously Lamar Jackson getting a concussion in the third quarter and then exiting the game. But ultimately, that didn't end up mattering. The Bills absolutely obliterated the Ravens. Even if you look at the score, it was only like two scores and a field goal. So it's not like they won by a ton, but the Ravens just couldn't do anything in this game. It was honestly all about missed opportunities for the Ravens. Like, for example, the most accurate kicker in NFL history, Justin Tucker, missed two field goals in the first half due to that absolutely nasty Buffalo wind who, you know, Buffalo fans just thrive off of that. That's just like, they love that. But you know, it's bad when Justin Tucker misses not one, but two field goals. And honestly, to be fair, the Bills missed a field goal too. The score was 3-3 at the half. So, I mean, you're watching this game and you're thinking, you know, your stereotypical 21st century NFL fan is watching this and thinking, this is boring. It's three to three. Why am I bothering watching this? And in the first half, both defenses played pretty well. But coming out of the first half, the Bills got a touchdown to Stephon Diggs and it was 10 to three, right? And then Jackson, he gets the ball. He's driving the Ravens down the field in their first drive of the second half, they get to the end zone and then he ends up throwing a 101 yard pick six from the end zone right into the arms of Taron Johnson, who was actually having himself a day outside of that. So at this point, the Bills are beating the Ravens 17 to three. And Ravens fans are thinking, okay, this is a little rough. But the end of the third quarter, Jackson gets blasted and gets concussed. He is out for the rest of the game, like I said, and ultimately that pretty much kills the Ravens' hopes. 
Backup quarterback Tyler Huntley comes in to try and save the game, but unlike the Chiefs' Chad Henney, he is unable to save this game for the Ravens. Uh, They end up turning the ball over on downs twice in the fourth quarter just because they had to. They couldn't afford to punt. They had to try, and they just couldn't convert. But the Bills punt, and they they miss a field goal in the fourth, and that's all that happens. That's the game. The final score was 17-3. to Now, I will say, Josh Allen made some really impressive throws in this game. Those sideline throws, I don't know how he does that. When I was watching them play the Colts, I thought it was throwing it away. You know, when he threw it down the left sideline, the ball looked like it was going, you know, in a right field. And I was sitting on the couch. I was like, oh, that's out of bounds. And then I he threw it and it was converted. I literally sat there. I was like, ah. I'm not a fan of this. Oh my gosh. I was so mad. I don't know how he does that, but he did that to John Brown in this game. I was like, dude, how are you doing this? But I will say a side note for this game. This ultimately the bills won this game. They were the better team. They deserve to go to the, the AFC championship. That's just how it is. But I will say the Ravens, they have a better defense than she, than the chiefs do. If you compare both of them, the Ravens, they're better. Um, overall, but I'm still really not that impressed with the Bills offense this game. They only dropped 10 points on offense. And yeah, Josh Allen had some great throws, like I was saying, but you're going to have to score more than even 17 to beat the Chiefs at home. Plus the Bills still can't run the ball. They only had 32 yards combined in this game. So did the Bills win this game? Yes. Were they better than the Ravens? Yes. Are they going to beat the Chiefs at home? scoring 17. No, they are not, especially if Patrick Mahomes scores. The Bills have a very potent offense, but if Patrick Mahomes is playing, they're going to drop like considerably more than that. You're going to have to score more than 17 to beat the Chiefs at home. And I mean, technically the offense only scored 10 and I would bet against Patrick Mahomes throwing a pick six in the AFC championship. So you can even argue that they really only scored 10 points. You are not going to beat the Chiefs if you score 10 points. That is just how it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to some extent, I do agree because I do think part of it was definitely the wind. It's hard to throw the ball in that wind. They said it was unpredictable. So Mm -hmm. it could have been partly that. But yeah, you are right that they're going to have to put up more points on offense if they're going to beat that Chiefs team. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, if the wind was the issue, you'd expect them to run the ball more, right? They mm-hmm. only had 32 rushing yards, 32 yeah. rushing yards for Josh Allen and two of their running backs, Singletary and Yeldon, 32 combined. Most teams get 32 rushing yards in a quarter, not in a game. So if you're playing in terrible conditions in Kansas City and you're forced to run the ball because it's snowy or windy or rainy or whatever it may be. I just don't know if this Bills team is going to be able to beat the Chiefs running the ball. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, in a in a game like this, you'd expect them to have better stats in running the ball, but they didn't have they didn't have that. So, I I agree with you. They're going to have to be more impressive in that. I think they can bounce back from it. And actually, if you I really agree. look um if you look they really like even throughout the year they they're ranked below average in rushing yards which i think mm-hmm. is interesting so they're an air raid offense and so so are the chiefs and assuming mahomes plays it's going to be a battle of you know it's going to be just bombs everywhere you know it's going to be allen throwing deep mahomes throwing deep I'm I'm interested to see what will happen. I still I think D- Stefan Diggs still had a very good game this game. He um, did, yeah. Yeah, uh, he had over a hundred yards, I believe. Yeah, he was he was the man on that offense. But hey, a win is a win in the playoffs, and that has Indeed. been the Bills' story this year. I mean, they didn't look pretty even in this game, but when you have these kind of weather conditions, normally they're not going to be very pretty. So. We'll just have to see what they do. I think, yeah, obviously Jackson going out for the Ravens, huge blow to them, but that's Side just football note, sometimes. Did you see that when he went out of the game with a concussion, Bills fans donated over $100,000 to his charity? That's cool. Man, that's Bills a Bills fans, fans thing. 
Like Bill's if a player fan, gets uh, hurt or if a team like beats another team to get them into the playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. they go and they donate to those yeah. favorite teams or players' charities. And I think that's so cool. Lamar's yeah, is, is cool. I think it not backpack beginnings, but it's something with kids and providing them supplies in Louisville where he's from. Cause that's where he played in college. I don't know if he's actually from there, but that's where he played in college and that's his foundation. And they donated over a hundred thousand dollars and they like post it on their, their Reddit page, all the links and everything. And all these fans were commenting under like, I donated money. Hope that you get well. I gave this amount. I hope you're feeling better praying for you. Like that's so cool. Like I respect that so much. I just think that's really cool. But side note again, I think if you're going to pin the chiefs rushing against the bills rushing honestly neither have looked that great they drafted clyde's edward clyde edwards elaire and honestly he hasn't looked that great damian williams opted out for the year he was their starter so now they have darian williams um, and they have Le'Veon bell also so you'd think with the names on the chiefs rushing that they'd be able to win that because the bills have singletary who is good and tj yeldon and obviously josh allen you know can run all over you if he chooses to but i think that it will be interesting the the bills are gonna have to post a lot more points if they want to win this game i agree i think it'll be an interesting one coming sunday so next topic we got here i just wanted to touch briefly on the Packers versus Bucks game coming soon this Sunday. I think it's the first time that Brady and Rogers have faced each other in a playoff game because they're part of, they used to be part of two different conferences. So the only way they were going to meet is in the Super Bowl. And certainly Brady made his appearances. So this is on Rogers, you know, he, but, um, well, I think Packers, the Packers in general, they've always been good, but they also kind of had a similar thing where their offense is good and then defense is not that great i mean but they were able to even win a super bowl with that so props to them i think they finally they've got a good team on them i think they've got a lot of the pieces together now rogers looks like he's going to be the mvp this year and tampa this will be an interesting one because i think brady has looked good these like he he's looked decent the past couple games you know they've really gone away from just trying to chuck it deep every play and it's helped them. They still do it every once in a while. Like at the beginning of the Saints Bucks game, it was third and three, and they threw like a 40 yarder to Gronk. And I'm like, why? Why like, are you like this? Like, just take, go for the short yardage, get the first down. But hey, whatever works for them. If it's, I think Brady, he ha- he still has a potential to throw deep. He's still got it in him. He's not as accurate. Sometimes he floats the ball a little bit too high at times, but overall, He's still somebody you have to respect the deep ball on Aaron Rodgers, Obviously you have to respect his deep ball. You have to respect his decision-making. Let me tell you one of the most incredible plays I saw this week was such in a lot of ways, a simple play, but it was such a smart play in the moment. It was against the Rams. Aaron Rodgers rolls out to his right along the goal line. They're in scoring range. They have to, you know, he's trying to get the touchdown here. He jumps and fakes his throw, makes the Rams defender jump up, fakes and then he fakes that and runs it into the end zone and that was just so impressive to me because that was such an that was such an elite quarterback thing to do even though he didn't throw the ball you know we forget that Rodgers has some legs on him that he can move he's shifty in the pocket he's hard to sack and I mean that was just an incredible play because you know even the Rams defenders thinking I gotta they respect his throwing ability so much that he jumped and Rogers got him and ran it in for a touchdown. And in my opinion, that was just one of the most incredible plays I saw this weekend. Um, and there were definitely a, quite a few incredible plays. So overall, I think this will be a really interesting game. I know the media has been hyping this up. It's, it's Rogers versus Brady time, you know, and that's something many people thought we probably wouldn't see, but, I'm glad I'm glad to see it honestly. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I saw a graphic during one of the games, you know, they have their little 
animated segments they do during the game. And it was talking about the NFC quarterbacks versus the AFC quarterbacks. And it was like the big kids table is the NFC quarterbacks because they're all old. (laughs) And then the little kids table was the AFC quarterbacks because they're all under 25. And I was just like, that's funny. That is Because if you look at this mat, these matchups, that is true. You got, you know, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. And then you got Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. It's like two different sides of the of a coin. So it's kind of funny if you look at it. It's like the young blood on one side and the old on the other. It's like the people who have controlled this league for the last 15 years and the people who are coming de- to dethrone them. Mm-hmm. You almost, you almost got to wonder if Tom Brady just purposely went to the NFC just to prove like how good he is because he was like, you know what? I want to go to the NFC and show up these other quarterbacks too. Cause you know, he's been whipping on the AFC quarterbacks for so long that he was like, yeah, let true. me go show that I can beat the other side too. Not just in the Super Bowl. So, and I mean, he has, he's, he's beaten breeze. Now he beat Rogers. I mean, see, they didn't really get a chance at Seattle because they Seattle didn't make it far enough. So, and I mean, I'm just saying it's kind of funny in a lot of ways because I think in a in a lot of ways this season's proving just like you know I was tell, talking to my dad the other day and I was just like, Dad, I know I haven't I guess I haven't been around super long being only 22, but Tom Brady is the most clutch player I've seen in my life, like in in sports. Like in my lifetime now, if we're talking like just, I don't know about all time. I, in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time, but like this man Same. is what Christ. he's in his mid forties and he hasn't hit the cliff. Watch him hit the cliff this game because I said that, but <laughs> I don't think he will. He takes incredible care of himself. Like his, his workout, his diet, his work his ethic. regimen. Yeah. It's crazy. It's incredible. And he just, he's one of the hardest working NFL players I think we'll ever see in our lives. Obviously, I believe a lot of them work hard every day, but Tom Brady, he's not only, he's not only a hard worker, but he's got that talent. He's got the mindset of a killer in game. And, you know, whether he always comes out on top or not, like sometimes he doesn't, but he bounces back. Like last year in the playoffs, he he didn't have a good playoff game against the Titans. He looked old. He looked rough. This year, he's come back, and he's now won two playoff games, and he's on his way to potentially winning a third and going to another Super Bowl. Um, which, fun fact, if Tampa makes the Super Bowl, this will be the first time ever that a Super Bowl team will be at their home stadium because the Super Bowl is in Tampa so that's never happened before. So if the Bucks win this game, that'll make history. Why is that such a Tom Brady thing? Like that would only happen for Tom Brady. <sighs> when you make it like nine years, if he makes it, I think this will be nine. So he's bound to hit one of them, right? But and they certainly weren't hosting a Super Bowl in New England. Sorry, Foxborough fans, but just they're just not going to do a Super Bowl up there. They're like, it's too cold. They they really pick based on weather. And of course, they're going to pick Tampa Bay, you know? My favorite Super Bowl that wasn't our Super Bowl win was the one that Indianapolis hosted where the Patriots played the Giants and then the Giants beat the Patriots. Best Super Bowl ever in Indianapolis. <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah. Didn't you say you went to some of the festivities or something like that? Yeah. My family, we went downtown and we got to go do all the festivities and see everything. And it was a really good time. And that was the first year I played fantasy football. And my top two players that year were Victor Cruz for the Giants and Rob Gronkowski for the for the, for the Patriots. Words are hard. And I went into the store, the Superstore, because I wanted to get a Victor Cruz Super Bowl jersey because he carried me to my first fantasy playoff championship, right? And you know what all they had left was? Rob Gronkowski jerseys. And you know what I have in my closet? I have a Rob Gronkowski Super Bowl losing jersey from Indianapolis. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. So fake Colts fan here. Do I wear it? No, because Uh I would 
get yelled at by many, <laughs> many people. But it's just funny because the one Patriots jersey I have is from the year that they lost. Because not going to lie, I actually like Gronkowski. Not going to lie. That's why I have his jersey because I actually like him. But he lost. So that makes the jersey even better. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't hate Gronkowski. I don't hate any NFL players. I think when people are like, I hate Tom Brady or I hate this person, like, dang, like what'd they do to you personally? You know, did they attack you or something? Like I can dislike, you know, players on the field. Like I was telling about Drew Brees earlier as a Panthers fan. Did I like seeing him on the field against us? No. In the most respectful way possible. No, you didn't want to see that man with a minute left in the fourth quarter driving on your team to win the game which happened Retweet. several times while I was, wa- it's like watching, you know, you get slow, someone just, it's like, is watching a car wreck that's slowly happening. You know, what's going to happen or, and it's just, it's just a matter of time. It is. And sure enough, normally that's what happened. So, I mean, yeah, I just, but that's just kind of my thoughts on like what people, when they say I hate a player or something like that, but Anyways, to our next thing we got here, we got the hot take of the week. Chelsea, set it off for us. Shout out to Kyle for sending me this this week. But all right, here's the hot take this week, folks. Whoever wins the NFC Championship will win the Super Bowl. Here's the justification. The Panthers and the Bucks defenses have played better in the playoffs, and those two quarterbacks have been lights out so far. True. Mahomes is injured, though he will probably play on Sunday. And Josh Allen looks average currently. So what do we think? Do we think that this NFC winner, you know, whether it be Breeze, not Breeze, cries, whether it be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, do we think that they have the capacity to take down a potent offense like the Chiefs or a well-rounded team like the Bills? Talking Packers and Bucks defenses. Yeah. Like they've played well. You know, I can see this point. Um, I can see what what Mr. Kyle is coming at with. But, you know, I got to be honest. The NFC has really just not been very good in the past few years, except for Kyle's Eagles. I'll give him credit to that. So props, props to them for doing something for the NFC um because really it's just not been been a good stretch for the nfc i mean they've had everything from blown leads to not diving on a fumble to um stopping running you the ball. Run it. <laughs> stopping running the ball when your 49ers team is that's what they do and all these yeah, different Jimmy things garoppolo I'm, like, I'm just like man the nfc is just the not ball. not having Yikes. a great time also jared goff not having a good game in the super bowl it's just been rough for the nfc maybe they're due one this year so Mm -hmm. i mean and also tom brady is not in the afc this time he's on he's in the nfc so that might help their chances i think if mahomes okay well here's the thing it depends how injured mahomes is to an extent because assuming they make the super bowl if mahomes you know he'll have at that point a couple weeks of rest i imagine the team's going to be like hey don't you don't have to go to all the media stuff just heal up do your thing because we need you fully healthy for the game if he is injured if he if he is heavily injured then this could be a different story and Josh Allen while he hasn't looked great i mean one playoff game in fairness was in a very bad weather game he'll be fair if you look at his stats against the colts he wasn't really that great either the colts oh, I, killed themselves in that game i mean i agree and uh, yeah like that game, that is one game I would say, yes, he definitely, he needs to play better. But they've won the game. So, you know mm-hmm. what? you a win, Wins are wins. So, I could definitely see this, though, that the Packers and Bucks, I mean, they've, they've looked good in the playoffs overall. The Packers, you know, not like, they didn't beat down the Rams, but they beat a good Rams team. Um, At least very, defensively. Mm-hmm. And so I think overall, I could see this point. I don't know certain for certain yet. I think I'm as far as like my opinion on this, I'm neutral at the moment because we just don't know. I, I want to see who the playoff contenders or who the Super Bowl contenders are. And also I want to look at their injuries, what 
you know, what's going, cause we don't know what's going to happen this Sunday. We don't know what if Rogers and Brady both go down or what if all four quarterbacks go down? We don't want that, but like, that would be so 2020, you know, it'd be almost incredible. Like you gotta, you gotta think like, imagine just, obviously I don't want these people to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt. Wishing somebody to get hurt is not okay, but man, just imagine, you know, something like that. We have a I mean, what was it not too long ago when the Eagles versus the Vikings happened? It was Nick Foles versus Case Keenum. So we <laughs> certainly have had those types of games before. True. But I think right now I want to wait and see what the t- both the teams look like and who they are before making the decision on this for me. I think that I agree with this take if it's against the Bills. Mostly because the Bills can't run the ball. So if you're playing one-dimensional against the Packers or the Bucks defense, they're going to get to you. You have to play two-dimensional against those teams. I mean, you can make the same argument for the Chiefs, too. I mean, they don't have a ton of running game either. Um, I think that the Packers and the Bucks are more round, well-rounded than the Chiefs, at least. Because the Bills, they have a good defense. The mm-hmm. Bills have a good defense. The Chiefs' defense has got them where they are. You know, it's not the best, but they're here. So, yeah, I definitely see how this take can be legitimate for sure. But I do think that if you're playing a healthy Patrick Mahomes, he can tear any defense up. It's going to come down to, can Patrick Mahomes beat Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Can he outshoot two of the arguably best quarterbacks ever? And we're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I definitely think that it's possible. I think that if the Chiefs and the Bills, whoever they play, if they can't run the ball, I think that they will lose. But I think that the Chiefs have a better chance of running the ball than the Bills do. Because they have Le'Veon Bell, and they have Clyde Edwards-Elair when he gets healthy, and they have Williams. So they have a well-rounded back because the Bills, they have Singletary and they had their rookie, but he's out for the year with an injury. So it's either Singletary or it's not anything, you know, because they have TJ Yeldon. Let's be real. He's not really going to do much. And they have Josh Allen, but he has to throw the ball. So if the Bills are going to run the ball, it's going to be Devin Singletary. And if he can't do it, they're not going to win. So, I mean, I'm going to give the Chiefs more of an edge there on the rushing attack just because they have a deeper running back class on their team but yeah I definitely think that if you know the Bills or the Chiefs offense doesn't play well-rounded I think that they'll lose because the Packers have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and they can run all over you and they have Aaron Rodgers who is not stereotypically a runner but he can also run all over you and then you have Tom Brady which is Tom Brady a runner no but they have Leonard Fournette and they have Ronald Jones so I mean they can run all over you so I think it's just going to come down to who can run the ball better in the AFC. I agree. I mean, well, I agree to an extent. I think it really it really could come down to that or whoever's got the best air raid offense. It, like For I said, sure. it's going to be – the ball is going to be flying through the air yeah. this coming Sunday. And I, I think mean, that – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if Mahomes is actually injured and like isn't fully healthy, they're not going to win. Like, if they make it to the Super Bowl and he's not fully healthy, they're not going to win. But we'll see what happens. I think it'll be really Chad interesting. Chad, any time. I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think the NFC champion, they will probably, depending on Mahomes' injury, assuming the Chiefs make it or injuries to whichever, I think, yeah, unless the Chiefs make it with a healthy Mahomes, the NFC champion will be the favorite. That's kind of what yeah. I'm thinking with this. So thank you, Kyle, for sending this take in. Really appreciate it. You can actually check out each time that we have a hot take of the week. We're going to post the clip to YouTube. So send them out. If you want your take on YouTube, send them to us and we'll post the video and post a clip of us talking about it. And, you know, should be fun. For sure. Well, how about we get into our two game picks for the week? You want to say the score? 
Oh man. Okay, it is 87 to 85. So I Chelsea is winning. I am winning by, by two. two. And he I... came back on me though. <sighs> this last weekend, he came back on me. This was a tough, tough weekend to pick because you know. All right, I'm gonna be honest here. Part of it. So here's my strategy, folks, for anybody who's been keeping score here. I got to get two upset picks to be able to have a tie to be able to go into the Super Bowl and win it for this year. By one. How infuriating would that be? But if I pick one upset and one, you know, probable not upset, like where we both pick the same team, then I can, if I get that upset right, then I only win, then I only tie for the year and we're both left it, you know if I get my Super Bowl pick right. So either way, like this is a rough situation here. So I went for, we're going for the kill. We're going for the win this year. We're not gonna, we're gonna be like Andy Reid. We're not going, we're not gonna punt it away. We're going for the win. I mean, but hey, here's the thing though. You've caught up to me though. Each week it's gotten closer. I do have my reasons for my picks. But anyways, we'll get into it. So Bucks at Packers. I guess I'll start. So I picked the Bucks in this game because if you look at this, I mean, Bucks have been playing well recently. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. He can do his thing. The Bucks have a solid defense and they beat the mess out of the Packers earlier this year. Now, does that mean anything? Because obviously we show. We've seen from the Bucks Saints game, the Saints blew them out twice. And in the playoffs, Bucks won. So does that mean anything? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm gonna go with the Bucks in this one. I don't think it'll be quite the blowout that it was that game uh when they played in the regular season, but I'm going with them. So naturally I'm picking the opposite because I'm trying to also win. But I wrote my picks down before he did, so my picks were there first. But I am going with Packers. One of the main reason reasons that I'm picking the Packers is that Tom Brady has never had to go through Aaron Rodgers to get to a Super Bowl. This is a big challenge. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP this year. He is arguably the best quarterback who is currently playing in these conference championships. And it's at Lambo, And if it snows, Tom Brady's going to have to play in snow. Not that he hasn't ever done that before, but Lambeau snow is just different. I think that the Packers offense is playing well enough to be able to put up enough points to beat Brady. And I think that Mr. Jair, Jair, I, I think that's how you say, it. I'm so sorry, but Mr. Jair Alexander, arguably one of the best defensive backs in the whole league is going to be shadowing Mike Evans this whole game. If he can shut Mike Evans down, they can double-team Chris Godwin. And then it's Antonio Brown left, who can still do what he can do. But still, I think that you have a very good defensive matchup in this game. Because you got Alexander, he's really good. You have a couple of good edge rushers. And let's be honest, Tampa Bay does not have the best offensive line. It's gotten better as the season has progressed, but they don't have the best O-line. So if they can get to Brady a couple of times and force some throws, they could force some turnovers, especially if it's snowing. Now, if it is snowing and Tampa Bay has to run the ball, I think that they could do it, but I think the Packers could stop them enough times to win this game. So I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. I think that it's his year to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think it's going to be a tight game but I think that the Packers are going to take this one. Okay. Should be a fun one. Next we'll game. We'll both we be got... watching this game. I'm sure texting oh, each yeah. other like we're winning now. Oh yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very excited. So next game we got bills at chiefs. I'm going with the bills. Um, I know, you know, we've been talking a lot about what the chiefs probably making the super bowl. Here's the thing. If Mahomes does not play, this is a very this is a very winnable game for the Bills. They've got to clean up some of their mistakes and they've got to make this offense start clicking better like it was in the regular season by the end. Like that game against the Dolphins where they put up 40 plus. 
Yep. They, they've got to, they've got to get it going. Now the chiefs defense, I don't think they're going to bend over it, lay down and die. I do think they, they showed up at the end of that Browns game where, you know, they were able to stop the Browns after Chad Henney threw the big pick, they were able to stop the Browns from driving down the field and forced a punt and the Browns never got the ball back. So I do think the chiefs have a decent defense. So I think that's going to give them some trouble. But I think the Bills, if they can play to their potential, I really think this is a winnable game for them. And yes, Mahomes is kind of injured um, or he will probably not be at 100%. I guess by this point in the season, who is ever at 100%? But it's just something where to think on. Yes, is a part of me picking this for the upset's sake because, you know, spoilers, Chelsea picked the Chiefs and I, we got to go for the win here. But there is a part of me that done that's done that, yes, but the other part of me really believes there is a shot for the Bills to win this game, so I'm going with them. So, like you said, I picked the Chiefs for this game. I think that this game hinges on Patrick Mahomes' health. If Patrick Mahomes is not playing this game, I think that they'll lose. If Patrick Mahomes plays mostly unhealthy in this game I think that they will lose however I'm pretty sure he doesn't have concussion and I'm pretty sure it was just a nerve thing in his neck which I think ended up being fine so I think he's going to be healthy for this game now the Bills the Bills have a really good defense they do that's just how it is but I think that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Edwards Alaire and Bell and Tyreek and Nicole Hardman and Byron Pringle and everyone I don't know. I just have issues picking against that offense. Not that the Bills don't also have a potent offense. They definitely do. But I just can't pick against the Chiefs, especially when they're playing at home. Now, if it snows in Kansas City, that obviously doesn't bother the Bills because they're from Buffalo and they live in the snow, right? So that doesn't really play as much as a factor, I think, as it does for a Bucks team where a lot of the players are used to playing in warm temperatures. Obviously not Brady because he played in the snow in New England. So not so much him, but a lot of the other guys, they're not used to playing in snow. Not that they can't do it, but they're not used to it. I think in this game, snow is not really going to play a factor, but the Chiefs, they're going to have to put up points in this game and their defense is going to have to show up. They're going to have to run the ball. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be healthy and their defense is going to have to show up to win. If they do all three of those things, I think that they can win. But like I said, that Bills defense is not a pushover. I think that they are going to, you know, give Patrick Mahomes a a tough fight in this game. And I could see this game being close. I don't think that this game is going to be a shootout because both defenses, even though the Bills is better, both defenses have proven that they have the capability to stop very talented teams. So I don't think it'll be a shootout, but I'm picking the Chiefs. I think that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. But like I said, Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this game. I really don't see the Chiefs beating the Bills. Okay. Well, we've got two good games this weekend, and this is our second to last weekend of the NFL. So I think it'll be really interesting, and we'll see how it goes. But Chelsea, do you want to lead us in the outro? For sure. And guys, just remember, even though the season is ending in February, this podcast is not ending. We will be talking all off season about trades, about the draft, about the combine that isn't going to look like it usually does because of COVID. So we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff once the season ends. So definitely look forward to that. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Tune back in next Wednesday for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore Instagram at launch codes football and on Facebook and YouTube under the name launch codes football. I'm Chelsea and I'm Chris and we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.